0: Uh, hello, recovery fam! It is great to have each one of you back for another great episode and another great season of the Unashamed Recovery Podcast with Josh and Drew. Unfortunately, for our season premiere, Drew is not here. He wasn't here for the season finale of season three, and he's not here for the season premiere of season four. But that's all right because you got me. I'm here and. I am so excited to get things back going. It's been a long winter. It's March of 2023. Stretch, get out of hibernation, and we're coming back in full blast for another great year of Unashamed. It's still the same old host. So sorry if you were expecting somebody different. Here in a few minutes, you're going to hear a brand new outro that's been cut. Don't worry, it's still the same show. We just got some different music. But Along with everything else, we do have some great new episodes and even better audio as we jump start season four in high def. We know that the last two seasons we have struggled with a few things and our show's audio was one of them. And we know we lost a lot of listeners because of that. Well, we heard the complaints and I'm pleased to tell you that thanks to our wonderful partners and our wonderful sponsors, you can now hear the sweetness of mine and Drew's voices in crystal clear, high definition. So this season, we're also going to be dropping that video companion of the podcast that, uh, that you can find on YouTube, and that's just so we can focus more on the audio. And I think that the, the listeners are so thankful that they don't have to be able to look at me and Drew, you know, because we just do not have the faces made for TV. We got faces made for radio. And also, to bring you more bang for your buck, this season, you're getting two episodes a month. That's right, two episodes a month. Gone are the days of one episode a month. So starting this season, every other week, we're dropping a new episode. And in between those episodes, we're doing the Recovery Minute. And those are just little short little encouragement episodes to get you through to the next episode. So enough of all that chatter Without further delay, roll that new intro. In three, two,
1: one. The Unashamed Recovery Podcast.
0: The Unashamed Recovery Podcast with Josh and Drew starts now. Here at the Unashamed Recovery Podcast, we believe that there is healing and the story of our scars, and that it is okay to not be okay. And that it's also our sole mission to break the shame and the stigma of addiction and recovery by sharing real stories of real addiction from real people and real recovery and real sobriety. And today's episode, I'm so excited about today's episode. We're just going ahead and calling this episode the C-word, because if you're in any kind of recovery, outside of AA and NA, you have heard about codependency. Codependency affects so many people. And so for today, season four, the season premiere, episode 35, we're talking about codependency. And our guest for today, and I'm so excited for our, to have our guest on, our guest today is a licensed professional counselor and a registered play therapist and the owner of Open Minds Counseling out of Philadelphia. Our guest today is Aslan J. Rowe. Now, I said that right.
1: You did. Thank you. Ooh,
0: let me wipe the sweat off because I, <laughs> I am horrible with names. Aslan, <laughs> welcome to the Unshamed Recovery Thank Podcast. You. We got a, a big topic today. We do. Like, we're we're going to jump into it. But before we jump into it, take just a minute and tell people what it is that Open Mind open minds counseling does out of Philadelphia. What what, what is y'all's mission? What what are y'all up to?
1: I love just to provide a, a comfortable atmosphere where people can come in and they can spill their stuff and have their stuff heard and start to figure it out. And, I mean, I don't think that there's anybody anywhere that can judge anybody else. And so I like to provide that kind of atmosphere for my clients coming in. They can just come in and hang out. And, and we can get awesome. stuff
0: figured out. That's awesome. It's a safe environment.
1: Yeah.
0: It's a safe environment to come in and work on that tough stuff. That's right. So, hey, I'm a big supporter of counseling, therapy. Uh, you know, I, I know so many Christians who think uh, all you need is prayer and Jesus. Sometimes you need a little bit extra. You know, it's Jesus and prayer works. That's right. But, you know, if I had another tool to throw in there, why not take it?
1: Well, and quite honestly, just to just to throw this in there, if you look at a lot of the psychological theories that are used in counseling, you can find basis of most of those in Scripture.
0: See, and that's why the the podcast, we are partnered with a lot of Christian counselors. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of our, our big partners is Rise Up Christian Counseling. And I love counselors, therapists who back up what they do with scripture. Mm-hmm. I think it's so important and I think it works. You know, me and Drew, we are active in Celebrate Recovery and we're big Re- Celebrate Recovery supporters. And so that aspect of it to, th- to be able to put in mm-hmm. scripture and apply it, that, that's so huge. That's so right. that's awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm so thankful that you are doing this. I think we need more of these counselors and therapists in our area. There's not enough like
1: No, I think
0: not. I think I think the need far outweighs our current situation. So well anyway, without further delay, let's just dive right on in. The C word, codependency. So, what is codependency for you? If you could break it down and simplify it, maybe, just maybe, we got Mary Sue out there listening who is codependent, but she doesn't know she's codependent. Like, how would you define codependency for Mary Sue?
1: Well, I mean, the simplest way that I can think of is when someone else's stuff becomes way, way more important than your stuff, and you go to the ends of the earth to fix their stuff even if they're not
0: man, I don't even want to even tell you what I wrote down because that is so good.
1: do uh, you right now. <laughs> now I'm curious.
0: <laughs> so, and I, I don't want people to think that I just came with this on the spot. Like, I actually wrote this down a couple years ago and had it for our CR, but I put, I had codependency is how much sin will I tolerate either mine or yours in order to control the relationship. That's cool. I, I wrote that you know I, I jotted that down a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and um but man I I like yours a lot better.
1: Well, and I mean you have to think about where codependency actually comes from too. When you think about what it is, you have to think about where it comes from too.
0: So that's a, that's a good point to bring up. Where does codependency come from?
1: Codependency, in my mind, comes from a sense of needing to find where you belong, and it also can come from a sense of insecurity.
0: And so when I think we look at those two areas of where we belong and the insecurities, I think we can also add in to that people pleasing, control, and boundaries. You know, we I was at the Celebrate Recovery Summit in Dallas back in July and I had the opportunity to talk with a lot of people there at Summit. And every time I was able to talk with somebody that was struggling with codependency, I asked them, Hey, you know, what area would you break and that was the most that I got was those three areas was the people pleasing the control and the boundaries. But you know I think that the belonging and the insecurities falls into that. You know I think, you know I think that the belonging and the people pleasing kind of go hand in hand. What, what do well, you think?
1: And the insecurities do too because if I am secure in myself then I don't care if you're pleased or not. Mm. I'm okay with doing what I need to do and and making those choices for myself. But if I'm insecure, then I'm going to be constantly thinking, okay, does everybody like me? Does everybody think that I'm doing okay? Like, is anybody talking bad about me for making this choice or am I making everybody happy? So all of those things, they they are. They're all connected and they all kind of flow into each other.
0: Yeah, and I agree with that. And I want to pause right there and I want to take a step back uh, because for the person out there asking, Josh – what does codependency have to do with recovery? You know, for me, it's hand in hand because, like you know, I've said a million times, I've got that celebrate recovery background. Celebrate recovery is for life's hurts, habits, and hangups. It, you know, celebrate recovery is applied to to anything and everything. But for the, you know, we have a lot of listeners who are AA only, or they're NA only, or you know, beyond sober or smart recovery, or anyway a lot of those people don't realize that recovery is applicable to all areas. Like they're just, they're tunnel vision into their one area. So how does codependency go hand in hand with recovery? Like what, why would we need recovery for codependency?
1: Well, I mean, if you live your life in codependent relationships, then you never fully actually live your life for yourself or for Mm. the Lord. I mean, you're never giving everything that you've got to the things that actually deserve it. You're giving everything Mm. that you've got to these relationships that are not healthy.
0: And then those become idols. Yeah. And then that takes away. exactly. That's good stuff. And so with that, you know, I want to dive more into that. You, You know, like you're talking about those relationships so how, with that being said, how does those codependent relationships affect us? Like, how does that, I mean, how does that affect us in a day to day situation? Like,
1: well, I've seen, I've seen kind of like the extreme, and then I see like what I feel like you're asking me is those like smaller day to day examples. Yeah, and so, you know,
0: because I've seen extreme examples too, and I think those are far few. I mean. I, sometimes <laughs> yeah sometimes you know I don't think everybody who's codependent is living that far I, I think they're right. doing these smaller things
1: well it's like um I see I see quite a few young adults like 18 19 to you know 25 26 I see a lot of people in that age group and what I have seen happen a whole lot is oh I can't I can't do this because they don't like When I do this, I can't go to the football game because they don't like to go to the football game.
0: I'm living my life for out of the thoughts or the opinions of other people. Right. And so I'm limiting my life because of that. Right. Uh, But then I also think it could go back to on the flip side of that of, you know, a husband or a wife being codependent in the marriage, trying to control the Mm -hmm. other's. The smallest details, what the what the other does for lunch, mm-hmm. and if my wife is listening, no, I'm not talking about you. I, I, <laughs> we may have to erase that part of the the episode. But anyway, those small little little bits like that, you know, it may not be anything huge. It may be something as simple as that. But I like what you did for you know, like a teenager in high school can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's, that's where it example. starts. Yeah, you know. Well, and I saw this great thing about how childhood hurt is most often the root of codependency. Absolutely. Yeah, so the wife of, of Johnny Baker, Jenny Baker, she said that I, when I when I heard her say that, I was like, man, that is so true. Like, it, it all goes back into childhood hurt. Mm-hmm. And another thing from that that we can, can look at is that, the parents can't always help us develop our emotions you know it's so, okay. and so I,
1: the like the the very comedic trope that is associated with like psychology and counseling is oh, tell me about your childhood. But really, like, that's kind of how it starts. You have to talk about the childhood because most of your junk comes from yes. childhood. Like, you can't, that's your world for yeah. for a good portion of your life growing up. That's what you know. That's, that's who teaches you how to live. And so you are absolutely correct. There are a whole lot of parents out there, even really good parents, that have a hard time facilitating the growth of that emotional awareness and that emotional maturity.
0: Yes. And most of the time it's because the parents didn't know better either.
1: Exactly. That's Nobody taught them. The generational curse business comes in right there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. And that's another episode for another time.
1: Whole situation yeah. right there.
0: But, you know, and I saw this and I want to share this right now. Here's some ways that we can protect kids from codependency. You know, and now I, I don't know. I don't know how much I uh, agree with this, but It says, number one, tolerate talking
1: back. I don't agree with that. No, I think that there is a way for you to, which, I mean, I'm not perfect at this by any means necessary, but there's a way for you to engage in a conversation with your child. I talk to my clients, young and old, about assertive communication. There's a way for you to address something in a a respectful tone that opens a conversation, and it's not, I'm right, you're wrong, be quiet on either side it's this is how i think about this this is how i feel how do you see it
0: yeah yeah i like that a lot yeah that number one yeah uh, last thought i was like yeah but these other two i kind of like okay number two is encourage independence i think that is a huge like that that should be a stamp Yes. let's stamp that on today's to-do list. Yes. Encourage independence. I mean, I think that's a fundamental basis for protecting kids from going down that codependent road.
1: Well, it builds confidence. And um, I am a registered play therapist, and that's one of the main goals that I have for my young kids that are in play therapy with me. They hand a toy to me and say, here, take the top off of this or fix this for me. And I say, why don't you try to do it first? Yeah. And I, I encourage them to to exert that independence themselves and do it themselves so that they're not relying on somebody to fix everything for them.
0: Yes. Uh, yeah. Man, that's, that's, that's my girls, my, my two daughters, they want to be waited on hand and foot. Mm-hmm. Whew. And so the third, <laughs> the third way to protect kids is to validate feelings and desires, even when. Though even when it's inconvenient, yep, what do you think about that?
1: I think that that's very true because I know as a as a mama, I have a very hard time remembering that my child is a child. And also mm. a human sometimes, like I think she grew horns and became another being at times. <laughs> I'm just kidding. She's precious. <laughs> but no, I mean, I forget a lot of times that she like she feels the same kind of junk that I do. Yeah. Like she has bad days just like I do. And so for me to just shut everything down and be like, no, just be quiet. Yeah. That's not fair. And that's not teaching her anything positive. That's not encouraging her to to grow in that independence and understand her own emotional well-being either. And so if we sit down and we have a conversation about it at least, then she's being heard and she understands that that's an important thing to pay attention to.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. I I, I put my stamp of approval on that. I agree. (laughs) And just think, everybody, you just got that advice for free. That didn't cost you anything. For free. (laughs) So, you know, I want to go back and I want to move out of this with the kids. I want to get back into talking about, you know, How this you know with codependency with uh, the people pleasing and the belonging and the insecurities and control and you know getting back to all that. uh, And by the way, I've got a lot of scripture. I kind of cheated. I went into uh, the Subreddit Recovery Face Facebook group and I kind of asked, "Hey, everybody, what are some verses that you go to when you're struggling with codependency?" And so I've got this big long list of some great scriptures that people use when dealing with codependency and I'm going to put that in the show notes so as you're listening to this go down into the show notes uh there's going to be some scriptures a big list of scriptures that you can reference and go to and and maybe that'll help you out because I I believe that the scripture is a great way to you know handle this
1: do you mind if I share what I usually talk about in sessions yes go right ahead So when we talk about codependency, um, I use the story of the Good Samaritan to talk about codependency and what 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 the relationship is supposed to look like because the Good Samaritan did exactly what I usually tell people to do. So the religious person passes by and the other person passes by and this dude is laying in the ditch, right? He's hurt and he's banged up. The Good Samaritan rides by, he sees him, now, the Good Samaritan does not take him into his home and feed him and clothe him for the next six months and takes care of all of his medical bills and, like, gives him a new job and new clothes and all this stuff. He doesn't do all that. He takes him to the hospital, that version of the hospital,
0: yeah, and
1: leaves him, and he says, okay, y'all take care of him. I've got stuff to do. Oh, man. Right?
0: Oh, that's so good.
1: He gave what he could give. He had a little bit of time, and he had enough money to pay for his way. But he did not have all of the time in the world to open up his life and just take this man in and and love him back into health. He did what he could do and still took care of his business.
0: Yeah. So that goes back to a quote that I heard about codependency, and I forgot about it until you said that. So this quote drives home that right there. Codependency is driven by the argument that I will work harder on your problem
1: mm-hmm.
0: and your life than you do. Exactly. And this is not love. Exactly. You know, I think that so many times we confuse the commandment to love for the disease to please. Mm-hmm. Man, that—that that is, I never even thought about the Good Samaritan for that.
1: Man. Well, I mean, it. Mind blown. That that idea of setting appropriate boundaries for yourself, that is all throughout scripture. I mean, Jesus Christ himself did that. When he went to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray, he said, y'all hang out over here. I need some time by myself. Yeah. Y'all keep watch. Y'all do what you need to do, but I'm going to go over here by myself. I need some alone time. Yep.
0: And then they went to sleep.
1: And then he, they went to sleep, but... That's a whole different situation <laughs> over there. But that that idea of setting appropriate boundaries and holding fast to them. Yeah. Right. And that's yeah. that is one thing that keeps you keeps you away from codependency and codependent relationships is this idea of I'm important. You're important. I'm important.
0: I think with that, we can ask ourselves this question before we say yes to one more decision. Is my motivation in this to truly show love, or am I being led by my need to please, with a motivation to be more loved? Mm-hmm. And I think that goes back to, to to you know that situation of people pleasing, right? And I'm trying to force them to love me because I need their love.
1: Well, if you look at the salvation story too, the the whole process of salvation, it's not by anything that we've done. We don't gain favor from God by anything that we actually do. We gain favor through faith and through trusting that He is already taking care of things for us, that He is a loving Father. And it's not by our actions. We can't we can't please God necessarily into loving us more. Well, and
0: that's the, where the whole thing of works yeah. comes in. And it's not you know, it's by faith alone. Exactly. Through grace alone. Exactly. And through Jesus Christ alone. Not works. We, we can't earn it, and that's the beauty about grace. And we're going to take just a moment uh, away from our regularly scheduled programming to get a word from this season's sponsor. Dee's Automotive is the sponsor for this episode that you're hearing right now. now you're getting crystal clear audio, and that's all thanks to Dee's Automotive, Dee's Automotive is a proud sponsor of the Unashamed Recovery Podcast. Dee's has been serving the meridian and surrounding area for over 42 years. That's right, 42 years. And that is for your complete car care service and towing and car unlocks. That's Dee's Automotive, and they're at 5024 Poplar Springs Drive. 5024 Poplar Springs Drive. And you can also call them at 601-482-1800. 601-482-1800. And go see Miss Jeannie and the guys and tell them that Josh and Drew sent you. Now, back to the programming. So there's some things that the Bible <laughs> does not specifically talk about. It, I mean, it, it talks about it, but it doesn't talk. It doesn't address the, the name. Does the Bible talk about codependency, but it's not called codependency, because I don't think codependency was a thing in first century Mm -hmm. time. So is there scripture that the Bible talks about?
1: Well, I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind is the love chapter, and that may sound kind of crazy, but I mean, Paul is sitting there talking to the Corinthian church, and he says, though I make this grand show of you know theatrics and dramatics And though I like sing more beautifully Than ever has been sung before It don't mean nothing If I don't have true love And then it goes into yeah. what love True love actually looks like It's not proud It's not boastful It's not quick to anger yeah. It's it's long suffering It's kind It's patient All of those things And none of that lines up with codependency
0: Yeah because we want it to, yeah but <laughs> we we have you know sometimes we get this twisted idea that you know that it is love mm-hmm. uh, there's a preacher that I heard talking about one time about talking about how love is not this butterfly feeling that Mm-mm. we associate with the movies. True love is an action for God so loved the world that he gave, he gave right. his son and it's, a, it's an action It's what i do mm-hmm. and yeah I, so i i agree i think that we can look at that 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 chapter and i think we get a really good example of that so and i think that ties into my next question how can codependency be overcome can we use the love chapter to effectively overcome codependency or is it not that
1: simple so i tell my clients Every time we start talking about any type of insecurity or any type of lack of confidence or any type of codependent relationship, I tell them there are three components to making sure that you are as healthy of an individual as you possibly can be. That is taking care of yourself, setting appropriate boundaries, and building your self-confidence. Okay.
0: So- if, you,
1: if you take those three, you cannot build one without building the others. You cannot focus on one without focusing on the others. They work in tandem. Yeah,
0: yeah cuz if you don't work on one, but you continue to build the other two, it's going to be like a three-legged stool and mm-hmm. it's just going to fall out from under you. Exactly. Underneath.
1: Exactly. And I want to I want to be clear about that because I'm not a huge proponent of look at me, I am I'm the best thing ever like I, my self-confidence means that I am I am everything. I am wonderful. I am the best ever. Self-confidence just means that I'm just as good as everybody else. I'm just as important as everybody else. And if you're thinking that way, then you're not going to spend all of your time trying to please somebody else and trying to make their life easier. You're going to say, hey, mine's pretty important too. <laughs> like, what am I doing for me?
0: Yeah. And so let's talk about that. What does a healthy and some realistic boundaries look like for somebody who's who's codependent?
1: Well, I mean, say a no when you want to say no
0: and i just want to take a moment and you have to mean no like yeah,
1: yeah it has to be a st- uh like stand fast kind of thing yeah you don't you don't say no and then oh well <laughs> i guess if you yeah. really want me to you
0: know that that's i think that's a situation where you've got to firmly mean no, no. and uh sometimes it's okay to say no yeah. and you know so
1: that's scary, though, because yeah. when you say no, then you're risking not belonging. You're risking somebody not being happy with you. But if they're not happy with you because you say no, then that's not a person you need in your corner anyway.
0: Yeah, you know, because, man, I got, I, I see myself as codependent like that. I've been working on that and I'm sitting there thinking, man, I don't know if like that thought of saying no. That is, that's hard.
1: It is. It is really hard. Because
0: there's, like, my whole thing is not the people pleasing or the belonging. Mine is, it's got to be my, it's it's the issue of control.
1: It's got to be my way.
0: And to say no is me taking my hand off of
1: it. Right. You're delegating it to someone else.
0: And that is so terrifying. (laughs) Like, I don't even want to think about it. Like ah, oh. so you know, and and through all this talking about the boundaries, I, I want to to point out that boundaries are not meant to push another person away. No, those boundaries, they are there to help hold you together.
1: So I'm going to share this too. And like just FYI, I'm working on getting this trademark because like I came up with this and I'm really proud of it. (laughs) Okay. So I ask my clients quite often, are you the Mona Lisa or are you a postcard? Mm. Okay. So the Mona Lisa is a like super swanky piece of artwork and it's worth billions of dollars and all this good stuff. And so not everybody is going to be able to go to France or wherever to see this beautiful piece of artwork. So right there is a boundary, right? Getting into the museum, like if you were to go in, there would be a rope barrier there keeping you away from the painting. You're not going to walk up and touch this thing because it's valuable. It's important. And so there are so many layers of protection in place for this thing of value. Whereas a postcard, on the other hand, is not worth anything.
0: Except for that. What, 25-cent
1: 25-cent. Yeah, I mean, like you walk into a (laughs) store and you rip one in half, what are they going to do? Ooh, give me a quarter. (laughs) You know, and so there's no no reason for boundaries to be there because it's not valuable. And so if you are a Mona Lisa, you're going to have boundaries in place because you are valuable, you see yourself that way, and you want to protect yourself. You want to protect what's in there. Keeps the good stuff in and bad stuff out.
0: And I think here's a good spot to point out that if you are in any type of ministry... And any type of leadership in said ministry, you've got to have these boundaries because the codependency that you can have inside leading your ministry will make your ministry suffer. And so if you don't have these boundaries set, like, not—and I know this is going to sound so horrible, and I know this is going to get taken way out of context, but not everybody should have access to you.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Um,
0: And for me— That's so hard because, you know, I'm in the business of recovery. I'm a recovery ministry, ministry leader. And when somebody, a broken person comes in, I want to help.
1: Mm -hmm. But also not everybody who comes in is looking for actual help. This is true. And so, I mean, quite honestly, you asked how to protect yourself against codependent or how to recover from codependent relationships. I think with that conversation, I would say praying for a spirit of discernment is a really, really yes. important thing to do.
0: Yes, I agree. And I think that's possibly where a person could start. Mm-hmm. That's, that could be a good step, you know, a starting place, a good foundation. Of, yeah, yeah I, I agree. That's 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 good stuff. And so, you know... <sighs> also on those same lines of talking with the boundaries and all that, you know, I, I think it's important for people to understand that when you react to something that somebody says or somebody that's something that they do, you may have a problem with boundaries. And when you respond, you remain in control with options and choices. Uh and I think when we're I may have said that wrong. I may have wrote that because that don't sound right.
1: Reactions and responses are two yes. very different things. There's yes. about 90 seconds that takes place yeah. that distinguishes a reaction from a response. Yeah, I, 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 you
0: know, yeah, I think I wrote that wrong. It's okay. So we, yes, we should be trying to respond and not react. I think that's our takeaway. And, you know, i got a big question mark right down here. How does codependency cycle end? How does that cycle end? I think that may be it. Re- mm-hmm. Respond and not react. And that, and for everybody out there listening, I think we can take that away for everything, not just codependency. Yeah. Like if you're struggling with an alcohol addiction, respond and don't react when that temptation comes up. If you're struggling with anger, respond, don't react.
1: Well, and I mean that's you're talking about control. That's the ultimate control. That's the that's the control that you actually are going to get to have is over your own actions. I mean, Like one of my favorite, absolute favorite scriptures to use in session is Romans 12 and 2. And it says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your, not your heart, not your soul, but your mind. And that's exactly what CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy says. If I can control my thoughts then my emotions will follow and therefore my actions will follow and I will be in a completely different behavioral cycle if I can get my thoughts under control and so if we can take those thoughts about whatever situation is happening in front of us and we can manage those thoughts then our response to those actions that are being brought against us or in front of us is going to be completely different right
0: so much different and
1: so, I mean, that gives you that control. That gives you that sense of, hey, you know, I am in control of me. One of the things that makes me so dang mad when I watch TV or read books about therapy is the whole question, how does that make you feel? How did she make you feel? She didn't make me feel no kind of way. I chose how to feel about that, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so... We are in control of that. We have yes. to be very cognizant of the, the uh, amount of control that we do have over ourselves.
0: And a great tool and resource for that is a serenity prayer yes. where, you know, that you, you're kind of releasing what little control that you have mm-hmm. and you're giving that to God. You know, I heard from Craig Rochelle, God can do more with your surrender than you can do with your control.
1: Yeah. Because so, your control
0: ain't worth nothing. It, yes. <laughs> it's fake control. <laughs> mm-hmm. So as we close this episode out, and I've, I wanted to go so much more into this episode. Like I had such big plans for this episode. I, no, I don't feel like we got there, but I feel like this is a, a good starting point for people with codependency. We started to go into something earlier, and we did not go there. And I want to go ahead and, and make full circle with that. Signs that you might be codependent. We talked about your you know with the kids, but here's some signs. I may I know I'm a bad person. I made you wait to the end of the episode to to be able to tell me if you're codependent. But here's four signs that you may be codependent. And that is you put the needs of others before your own. Yes. You know, there there are times when we make sacrifices for people and arrive for them in a time of need. But if caring for others if that becomes a, a primary way of engaging in the relationship, then we're soon going to kind of neglect our own self in that process. And that is codependent. Yes. Uh, the second sign that you may be codependent, you have difficulty saying no.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Codependency tells us that we are obligated to say yes. To others and that no isn't an option and the truth is we get to choose you know that's just what we were just talking about we mm-hmm. we had that choice uh the truth is um we have that choice always and before we say yes we can ask ourselves is it healthy will i regret it is it realistic will saying yes enable bad behavior and those are important questions to yep. ask The third sign that you may be codependent is obsessing over other people's problems or behavior. You know, it's funny because codependency can drive us to devote a lot of time into focusing on problems and behaviors of others. Like
1: I'll tell you, um, this is one of those extreme versions that we were talking about. I knew a lady... um, Her husband was actually uh, an addict and he was in active addiction at that time and she had an office job Mm -hmm. and she would sit with one of her computer screens up with Life 360 or no, with their bank account information Mm -hmm. on her computer screen and she would set her phone up in between her computers with Life 360 and she would watch every move that he made all throughout the day. Was she working? Maybe a little mm. bit, but not very much, because we were too worried about what was going on. And now, in sitting there and watching that happen, was that stopping anything? Was that mm. keeping anything from happening? No. no, not at all.
0: Yeah, that was.
1: She felt like it was though. Yeah, <laughs> and you
0: know, and that's the. I think that's the thing. I think. Uh, I think the truth on that is we cannot fix or change others. Right. We can't do it. You know, as we move, as we move. Into healing of codependency, we discover that we are responsible to others, not for them. Right. And so then the fourth, is that four? Yeah. The fourth sign and the last sign that you may be codependent is a one-sided relationship. Many people struggling with codependency hold the false belief that if you don't need me, you'll leave me. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people will find themselves... In that one sided relationship with people who become projects that they must fix. And in the end, <laughs> those same people ultimately take more than they give. Yes. And in recovery from codependency, we learn to practice mutual vulnerability, giving and receiving in reciprocal relationships. Yep. That's
1: where so, those boundaries come in place, right there, too.
0: Yes. Boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. Mm-hmm. And so, closing out, I just gave you four signs that you may be codependent. And now I'm about to give you 10 tasks of codependency recovery. Start putting your own needs first. That's first and foremost. Your needs come first. Two, you say what you mean without being mean. Say it and do it. Number three, you can admit that you don't know it all. That's okay. Nobody does. We... Nobody knows everything. Number four, you don't have to give advice. Just listen. Your input is not needed on every on every conversation. Number five, you know how to stay on your side of the street. Whew. That's that control. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Number six, you don't always have to say yes. That goes back to that. You know, it's okay to say no. The next one is you can ask for what you need. And I think that's something that I struggle with. I hate asking for something that I need or asking for help. Uh, Number eight, you're not obsessing on what's not in your control. Stop obsessing what you cannot control. Number nine, don't. Oh, I just misread that one. Number nine tasks that you need to do in codependent recovery is Stop caring of what other people think. Like, stop doing it. Like, today.
1: It's a whole lot easier said than done. Yes, it is.
0: But I think true freedom.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I think that
0: right there is the gatekeeper for true freedom.
1: Well, and if you consider how much people actually are thinking of you as compared to how much you think they are thinking of you, it's very, very, very different. Yeah, It's drastically it, and different.
0: Here's one that I want to, I have road rage. I hate when somebody cuts me off in traffic. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, that person just cut me off. Truth is, that person probably didn't even see me. Right. That person probably has their, they're probably going to the emergency room.
1: Unless it was me, and then I probably didn't mean to. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you know. So many times we get into our head and we we get we put ourselves right. and like man like anyway and then the number ten task of codependent recovery is let go of what other people are doing
1: yes because it has nothing to do with you yes quit taking everything personally
0: yes 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 we can apply recovery to codependency just like we can other hurts habits and hangups and. This example is brought to you by a great friend of the podcast. That is Richard Tatum out of Arkansas. Think of recovery as a three-legged stool. Leg one is the grace of God. Leg two is the will of the individual. And then leg three is the support of people around the individual. You remove any one leg and you have a two-legged stool that is just going to not hold you up. Yep. So with that being said... Man, that's, that's a great way to end up the episode. I feel like, yeah, there was so much more I wanted to say, but I feel like that's a great way to end the show. Guys, thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to this uh, season premiere of Understand Recovery Podcast. Do you, Aslan? do you have a, a contact that people maybe want to reach out? Maybe they want to, uh, to uh, get some help at Open Minds, or maybe... They Want to ask, you know, get some questions answered. Maybe they want to dig more into that, you know, that Christian counseling, or maybe we have a lot of friends that do these recovery podcasts. Maybe they want to get you on their podcast to talk. Yeah. What's a great email for somebody to get, get in contact with you?
1: Email is going to be my first name, azalyn.jero at OpenMindsCounsel.com. Quite honestly, the easiest way to get in touch with me is to go to our Facebook page, which is openmindscounseling.com. And to just hit the contact me button there. Awesome. Um, Phone number, address, everything is listed on that Facebook page.
0: And we will link all that in the show notes. So if you're listening, the scriptures to help you with codependency will be in the show notes. And then all of Open Minds contact information, it will be in the show notes as well. Well... Once again, thanks for coming by. Thanks, man, uh, I man. really, really enjoyed it. I hope you, the listeners, have gotten something out of this. I hope you this has really helped somebody out there identify a part of their life that's holding them back. And I hope that you take these steps and start walking in freedom today. And as always, guys, you can reach out to the podcast at any time at Podcast at yahoo.com. That's Podcast at yahoo.com. And this year, we want to encourage you, this season, we want to encourage you to, to follow us on Facebook. Get involved with our Facebook group. There's a huge recovery community on the, in that group sharing a lot of hope and a lot of encouragement. Get plugged in and connect, and we will meet you there. And as always, guys, we love y'all and continue to be unashamed.